1: Newcastle Housery at its best
0: and Brighton Lamp Everton. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 4th of January. I'm Jules Breach.
2: I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Lars Watson, and I'm Pete Donaldson. <laughs>
0: Hi, everyone. Loads to get through from last night's Premier League matches and all of the good news stuff that's going around. But uh, before we get to it... It's the start of January, which means the FA Cup is about to roll around, isn't it? It's the third round weekend coming up. But if you're sitting there wondering what all the fuss is about, then get your ears around yesterday's guide to the FA Cup third round. Jim, you did that with Marcus and Luke. Uh, It'll get you right in the mood and might even teach you a thing or two about the FA Cup. What did you learn, Jim?
2: I learned a lot of things. Um, I learned that um, over 700 teams enter. I knew it was a lot of teams, but I I didn't know it was that many. I learned that if you want to hire a cherry picker, it costs about £30 an hour. So if you want to look into a ground <laughs> right. near where you live and you don't want to buy a ticket for <laughs> probably more money, you yeah. can hire a cherry picker and look in. I also learned the most Harry Redknapp thing I have ever learned, but I'm not going to spoil that uh, because I think you need you the full context. And it, is, it is wonderful. So get yourselves over to our guide to the FA Cup third round, please.
0: Yes, that'll be a good one. Um, There were also lots of Premier League games last night. Mm. Lars and Pete, you weren't playing Far Cry on your second screens, were you?
2: I wasn't.
3: I was actually <laughs> at the game but uh, you'll be Playing having Far Cry. And effect. I've never,
4: I've not played that. This is all wrong. I, no, I haven't actually played Lars that. Lars isn't a
3: Far Cry 6 did, man, I did, but I have, I have played it. I did it. play
4: number five a yes. little bit. Yeah. Mm, I did dip my toes into Red Dead Redemption over the holidays just because I had some time to And you'll need those. time with that game. It, it, takes, it takes a while, a but, time. but you can also just not, play it seriously just run around hunting and just have a grand go fishing I could see I could see you as a man of like the forest
3: yeah exactly right skinning animals and stuff over
2: Christmas my dad got into Grand Theft Auto did he nice the game fully yeah fully of his own accord (laughs) didn't see it coming it's a very welcome development lovely Lovely yeah. old job, fantastic.
0: There we are. Should we talk about last night's game? Because as you said, Pete, Fine. you were there. It was almost new... a grand theft auto. that. Yeah, Newcastle were in town. They were in London town. We're the very so... best at
1: being <laughs> <shit>
3: heads.
2: <laughs> rotten right to the car. Just leaning in. Oh, leading Heel in the bad zone. guys.
3: Yeah, absolute. Yeah, welcome to the attitude era, Premier League. <laughs> Pele's, Pele's gone. Beautiful football has ended. Newcastle United were just going to sit on the floor for 50 minutes. Lovely.
0: Absolute shithousery from Newcastle in this game. A scandalous goalless draw <laughs> according to Mikel Arteta.
2: Is that how you saw it, Jim? Um, Not, maybe. I wasn't quite as emotional as Mikel was at full time. Um, But, but you but did stay in your <laughs> technical area. I, I, no, absolutely not. I loved his um, flapping around the garden. It
0: looked as though if you could superimpose a lady's handbag onto Mikel Arteta, oh, Peter's wrist, it would have looked as though he was mm. slapping about. He was fuming, wasn't
2: he? <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think... Um it's obviously a frustrating afternoon. I th- I don't think the second penalty shout is afternoon, a penalty at what, all.
0: What time were you watching it?
2: Good question. You know, Everyone's time, a little bit on confused, confused after Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what day. It is, extended crimbo limbo. No <laughs> one knows it? what's
4: going on. <laughs> Give him um,
2: <them> a break. <laughs> yeah, I think the the first penalty shout is, is fair enough. I think that's that's absolutely a foul. So he's, that Danburn pulling Gabrielle's yeah. shirt off uh, him. The handball would have been very very harsh, I think. But um.
0: Very very harsh. Very very harsh.
2: Newcastle were just really good weren't they? They, they they played in a particular way particularly in the second half I, I don't think anyone's really expecting that from them but they're, they're, their organisation's amazing and their fitness is un, is unbelievable to, to maintain that for 46 minutes of open play uh, which is apparently what was on the clock right, someone yeah, tied yeah, it up yeah. is, is well, I, quite astonishing
3: well I would say like every time that uh, Newcastle got a corner the ball boy was being very naughty very naughty ball boy and he kept throwing the ball to Ramsdale uh, and Ramsdale was doing that thing that keeps. Sometimes where he just does a pathetic throw nowhere near the corner taker so it takes longer for the corner to be taken mm. and I felt like going keep the ball in play Ramsdale keep the ball in play ball boy because Newcastle United did not want to play football for yeah. about most of the second half there was a point where a, 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 a throw-in was going to be taken at I think the 60th minute and and the Newcastle two Newcastle players like sort of flapped their arms at it because mm. they didn't really want the ball they didn't really they were playing for a draw they were playing for yeah. a goal of straw and it was uh, it was kind of lovely to see because you going into that match Newcastle have
2: lost like 11 yeah. matches on the bounce but isn't at, it, at, the, at at that um, particular stadium isn't it interesting how irrelevant that feels now mm. like because already one season off the takeover it kind of it feels like all we'll better off. A little yeah, bit. exactly. It right. feels like it's a kind of a different team almost. Mm. Um, I think the referee helped them kind of nonsense of the spectacle by just booking everyone. I'm amazed there wasn't nine a yellow off. cards
0: there were in the game. I
2: don't know. I think every single last even time. Got, one on thought thought okay got one on the bench. I thought they were okay. They the bench. Really, I thought yeah. a lot of them were very very overzealous. A lot of it t- t- <laughs> down to the pitch being a little bit slidey, so people colliding with each other. It a was bit more. Newcastle United do that every single match. They
3: spend most of the time on the floor. They time waste. they they, they, they bash into the back of people. And they deserve every yellow they get, which is watching two sides with very limited um, benches, I think, really yes. slugging it out. And I think that is why both teams, I think, may fall
2: away by the end of the season. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think um, the transfer market is very important for both teams maintaining the momentum, isn't it? But actually, I think they're in a similar situation where both boards will see this as a big opportunity. Like, investing now is is... Probably, a, well, It's a very smart investment, isn't it? You've got you yeah. got to maximise this really, really good opportunity. I think. They need goals.
3: Both teams need goals. But most Premier League teams need goals. And there ain't that many out there.
2: So I feel the situation is slightly
4: different in the sense that with Newcastle, we know as a club they'll be building towards something. And they're just a little bit ahead of schedule. Like they were putting together a team to, to start to challenge the top six. And it's going better than expected. With Arsenal, it's an odd one. I want to put this to you, Jim, because... Yeah, they need to strengthen, but it's also like you're saying this. Oh yeah, let's get Mudrick in. Let's get well, let's get. There. But it's like it's not entirely yeah. fair on the ones that are playing either. Mm-hmm. You just kick kick them out of the team. So you've got to find a balance between finding people you bring in that add something, whilst also not like uh, very. Thanks for your efforts, Gabriel Martinelli. But <laughs> onto the bench you yeah, go. Yeah,
2: but he can't, he can't play every game, can he? And the, I think the the idea is that um, if Mudrick comes in, for example. Uh, we know that Michael Atessa really rates Eddie Nketiah so you you count him as one of six players to play in three positions. And over a long season with multiple competitions in it, you are going to need that. And mm. you know, I mean, the players by the end of the game, the front three would like run into the ground. Like Eddie Nketiah really put a shift in, and he looked knackered between you know sprints, but he mm. still he mm. still kept putting those those those, those runs in and. I just think you know you've you've got to have a deeper squad if you're going to compete. And I mean, this game would have been perfect for Emil Smith Rowe to come on and, and yeah. bring something different and at least try a different approach. Um, but obviously he isn't he isn't there at the moment. It's a shame Fabio Vieira Vieira doesn't seem quite up to speed enough yet for Arteta to trust him. I think it was probably the right call because because Newcastle was such a sort of physical and imposing mm-hmm. team. I don't think it would have been the game for him. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think this you know if if Arsenal spend a lot of money in this in this window, I mean it is a longer term investment, isn't it? If they if they sign a, if they sign an attacking player now, they might not do in the summer because it's, you know, the squad's pretty good. You know, it doesn't yeah. need a huge amount added to it, but what it, what it does need is for the players to, to come in to to challenge the first team well, and really it. add. They can't just be like depth if there's loads of injuries. I think there's it needs also genuine depth. There,
0: there is a short-term goal with with signing players in January as well in terms of what it does to the current squad. Um, I was chatting to to a few pundits the other day about this and asking whether. Sometimes if there is so much unity Mm. in a team like we're seeing with Arsenal at the moment where everyone's playing for each other and you can really feel that togetherness and that they're all kind of singing off the same hymn sheet along with the manager and all the coaching staff, whether actually introducing new players can disrupt it. It's the complete opposite, they tell me. They say that actually when new players come in, particularly in a January window, all the players around them are actually, they almost want to impress the new player that comes Mm. in. There's this kind of like... I didn't realise that it would be like that, that there, there is that competitiveness of, number one, I want to keep my place. Of course, that's the first thing they think of. But they also want to see what the new player's about. They sort mm-hmm. of get into training and they're like, what's he got? Yeah.
4: Yeah. And, and like you said, Jim, there are many games. And I think in the case of, of Mudrik, to contradict myself a little bit, I mean, with Martinelli, he's... You have the option of giving him minutes up front to to rest and Ketty a little bit as well. So yeah, that, that kind of makes sense.
2: That's one of those things that seems to work better as an idea than it has in practice so far. But I do, he does feel like he has the attributes to be a centre forward as well. So maybe that will happen.
0: It's amazing though that for for Newcastle, it's a sixth game in a row where they've not conceded a sixth clean sheet. That mm. defensively they've been unbelievable, mm. and this is the first match this season that Arsenal have failed to score in. It's also the the first... Yeah, in the league. It's also the first time that Arsenal have dropped points at home this season as well, which is, rem- rem- it's amazing. Newcastle, they brought it home, didn't it's, they? It's they got li- them point, that it's point.
3: A, it's a little bit of a holdover from Steve Bruce, to be honest, because, you know, very counter... <laughs> oh, oh, now he's not doing now a bad job. Now he's not doing him. a bad job, now he's left. But he, like, obviously had a very counter-attacking side because they didn't have any other plan, really. Uh, just give it Alisson Maximan and just run at the players, uh, and which kind of works, uh, um, you know, less often than most. But... um, if you restrict the teams like Arsenal to long shots, which Arsenal can't seem to do. I mean, nobody got a shot yeah, on target. Really, it, was, it was quite weak. Gary Neville yeah.
2: said we didn't interfere with Newcastle enough, which is wow. <laughs> mm. okay. quite the take.
4: Well, uh, and and just a lot of things, a lot of what's been good about Arsenal this season has been setting up uh, Saka and Martinelli for, for one-on-ones down the flank. Mm. And they weren't getting a lot of joy. That's partially because Dan Burn was good and Trippier yeah. was good. but But my point would also be, it's such a bonus for Newcastle that you've got two wide players in Joelinton and Almiron who mm. really track back a lot. Yeah. So you, you rarely leave the full-back isolated mm. there. There's always someone helping out.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, Sacra Martinelli both had a, a number of um, runs into the box. They're very, very good at beating their man very, very wide. But Newcastle packed that box really well. It's, again, it's mm. the, the fitness of them. is so yeah. impressive. That's a really mo- the most noticeable thing since how com- has come in, obviously, other than the injection of quality mm. that those signers have given them. They are... They, are, they have just... Have boundless energy. Helps yeah. when
0: one of the defenders is six foot seven as well. Who drives a smart car, by the way? Yeah, why he is it up
2: in a smart why, car? Did, why
0: do really tall people in, to
4: fold them together, like, insist on getting into
0: you. smart cars? Because
4: it's funny.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he just loves the band. Didn't he didn't Dan Byrne sort of didn't war flags, you know, the people who have come up with those massive flag displays at St James's Park? Didn't they ask yeah, didn't didn't they ask um Dan Byrne what the next <laughs> T 4 was going to be? And he said uh <laughs> he'll have uh, Shola the Macam Slayer. <laughs> so I think bad? they made a Shorla the Macam Slayer. <laughs> I think that's the case. I haven't seen in in person, but uh, yeah, I mean the, the back line I mean Botman's um, improved. Shah, I mean Shah yeah. didn't have a great World Cup, and uh, and he um, and and he just plays so much better when Botman's t- 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 to his side. And, and Botman's kind of like he's got a good delivery on him, mm. like that mm. crossfield balls quality. to almaron mm. every 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 time. I mean we didn't see a lot of it in, in last uh, in the last match, but it's quite it's quite frightening when you've got a central defender who can whip a ball that 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 hard and, mm. and and that direct.
0: Enjoyable bit of a. Uh, arguing I could, have, I guess you could say mm. between Howe and Arteta yeah. mm. so
4: Eddie is, Howe looked like could can believe what yeah. was happening um, <laughs> we well, know he's very worried about how people behave on the touchline He said that before it's something he's <laughs> very passionate about
0: Gary on Twitter pointed out he said I could get behind an Arteta-Howe rivalry for the next 5-10 to 10 years it's about time the Premier League was mm. freshened up a bit with I've, a bit of yeah. a new rivalry and
2: they'll rivalry. probably stick around won't they as well so yeah. nice I mean Arteta and Klopp had a bit of a ding dong on the touchline at Anfield last season so I mean Arteta does have this in him so a, a, a rivalry Emerging from somewhere is, is inherently possible.
4: Yeah, I I something about listen. Okay, first of all, there's a lot of very very. Very few successful coaches are good losers, right? So, this yeah, is not unique yeah. to Arteta. And a lot of teams have been very, very successful whilst also being very belligerent. Mm. But but to me, there was something about just how wound up Arsenal got at the referee in that second half that wasn't a great sign in terms of.
0: I'm with you, Lars, on um, that. I, yeah. I, I think
4: there's so much energy spent on the referee He's uh, a bit and, a bit uh, and snappy,
0: the frustration. Well yeah. yeah. And He's I don't want to snappy. dig him out too
4: much for like he said some weird things in the post-match interview but in fairness that's kind of what, what we do for a living is that we take a manager in a very, very emotional state and stick a microphone in his <laughs> yeah. face and we sort and of, we of can't questions. really slaughter him for being a bit irrational in that setting mm-hmm. but I just thought so much energy went towards the referee as the game went on and yeah. that's just not conducive to actually winning the game
3: and, and if they'd watched Newcastle in in the videos they presumably watch before every match like they would have seen Newcastle do this mm. all like, season he said the under opposite, how, though
2: he said Newcastle haven't played this way until today yes, and like we was he an essentially took comment. that as a compliment and spent actually, a long
3: time they do spend a long time on the floor I mean I like, he, might, like, he might
2: mean the sort of essentially the park in the bus right, type yeah, style okay, because yeah, I fair. think I mean is, yeah. that, is that fair of him yeah, to say yeah, that
3: um, yeah, no I, I, well yeah yeah no I think that's I think turning up to Arsenal who were at the top of the tree like we have limited limited resources and, and we, we you have uh, limited resources limited resources in the playing staff <laughs> <I guess. laughs> unlimited resources well in the bank account <laughs>
0: we're only like halfway through the season if that and Arteta's frustrations slight, could be slightly wrong, but we'll see no
2: I quite like no, I it Yeah, yeah. I, I, I quite like that he really really wants to win and he gets wound up and he wants to swear <laughs> and he wants to just Chin someone. <laughs> Maybe well, not chin someone. You know what I mean? I just like but I'm wrestling I, I like Tim Sherwood here. I, I like his passion.
0: Well, Newcastle failed to score in this game, Pete, and they won't be calling on Cristiano Ronaldo next season either <laughs> if they make it to the Champions League because Eddie Howe uh, quashed any of those rumours. Um, yesterday, it was his unveiling at his new club in Saudi Arabia, Al Nasser, um, and it was... All a little bit over the top, wasn't it, Lars?
4: I think mostly, I I pity the poor... Uh, the, the guy who was like the accountant and the finance guy at Al Nasser who's like listening to Ronaldo talk about how I'm, I'm here to change perceptions and oh god we didn't have to pay him that much yeah. <laughs> that's not why he's here he's not oh. here for the money he's here it's for a like huge tourism. disaster we could have spent half the money we, he would have come anyway because he's going to change perceptions you know, he's here on a mission it's yeah. not about the money he said he's
2: done everything in Europe hasn't he won everything my work is done my work is done yeah look at Simpsons meme um, <laughs> and so he wants to to, to break the records in, in Asia um, and the top scorer in the Saudi league um, scored 189 goals over mm. 20 years but I mean he's got two and a half years to score 190 <laughs> goals so mm. good luck yeah it's going to be exciting good and
0: luck Ronaldo and
4: yeah do, do, and, and I'm, I'm very does he get into the team ahead of
2: big Vincent Abubakar who's a good striker I, I, I honestly cannot stress enough how much I hope not <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, apparently he's going to make his debut tomorrow, Thursday. That's the first game. The, uh, the most enjoyable part about this unveiling in the press conference was when he actually thought he was in South Africa, not Saudi Arabia yeah. for me.
3: I mean, I, w- I would say, um, you know, second second language and all that. Like, yeah. there's probably something there. I mean, it's a con in it, Lars. It's a, it's all a big con in it. You can say what you want and then go second language in
4: it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Joking I don't across. think I've ever done that, but, but you've got you've <laughs> given me ideas now. Yeah, for sure. In future rambles, if I say something completely insane, I was like oh, no, I don't know.
2: Second language, mate. Do you yeah. remember when Colo Touré signed for Man City and he had a little slip of the tongue and he said, "I'm I'm delighted to sign for Money City." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I do, I do think we, we we boot players, but way
3: too easily for stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of. I, it's just enjoyable. It. It's just fun watching him eat a load of poo. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. What a delicious load of poo. Yeah, it's it's. I'm proud. I'm proud to sign for a club that has been managed by Hergita and then Fabio Cannavaro in recent memory. Yeah,
4: I, yeah. I especially like the big sort of in betweener's energy of all the offers he'd had from all the clubs everywhere. Yeah, he had yeah. so many yeah. offers. They loads of offers. They just they go to a different school. That's what it is. I had
3: offers from the US. It was for a big can of worms. (laughs) 50%
4: off. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Mm.
0: Let's move on from that. Um, Elsewhere last night... Brighton lamped Everton and mm. it was wonderful for me to watch. Um, Everton won, Brighton four. But the real story here is Frank Lampard on the brink uh, under serious pressure now. One win in 10 Premier League games. You don't see many managers survive that. And You,
3: you said that so that like, you're <laughs> really upset. The real story here real is it. Well, it's, not, it's, it's yeah. Brighton are fucking brilliant at the moment.
0: The, the, the funny thing is, is that I think um, <laughs> people are still looking at it and going, oh, God, you can't get beat by Brighton 4-1 at home. You can. You just did. You just did, <laughs> yeah. yeah. baby. You just did. Best
3: stop believing in ghost
0: stories. We're quite good now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Worried for Frank? Do you reckon this is it? I, I'm, I'm so worried.
4: Yeah. I spend a lot of time worrying about <laughs> Frank Lampard. How will, how will things go for him? What will he do? Oh, no. Oh, no. Frank?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know someone who would have been happy about it is David Moyes last night because he went from being the favourite manager to be sacked to the second favourite manager to be right, sacked okay, now. Right, yeah, nice. okay, um, but will Frank go before the FA Cup game on Friday? That is the question you, oh, they've got you Man it's, United. It's do you rec- is, is, it, is it imminent? Do you think?
2: Could be. Yeah, I mean, it could well be imminent, isn't it? They're in a. They're, they've got that result against Man City, which really has papered over some cracks, I suppose. But I mean. They're just playing in a really weird way, aren't they? We were talking earlier about how they signed a lot of really sturdy defensive players who are, you know, they signed quite well, aggressive. Didn't they? Yeah, mm. and they, they, they look like they've got a really solid foundation. And they're not playing in a way that actually utilizes that at all. They look really mm. soft and just mm. they, they sit off and just
4: get you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I find that slightly puzzling. Looking at the Everton squad, you can understand why there might be a lack of creativity there. But like uh, a center half pairing of Tarkovsky, Connor Cody, like Idrissa Ghanage running interference in, in front of them. You know, in other games, they've had uh, uh, Unana, they've got Dukure, sometimes Fish. You know, there's a lot of like tough, like guys who, you know, can handle themselves in a 50 50. And and, and, and the, uh, there's no reason for me just looking at without going too deep into the numbers. They've got like the second highest XG against in the league. Like their, their underlying numbers suggest they're the second worst defensive team in the in the division. And that shouldn't be happening with that mm. squad. I don't think that that that, that for me makes it uh, uh, well very tempting to question what the coach is up to. Yeah. Is,
3: is it is it a situation where like younger managers find it quite difficult to set up a defense and? Also, Frank Lampard's been promoted outside his skill set.
4: I don't... Yeah, he, he he has he has done very well to get the job he has based on what he has shown as he, a manager so far he, in his he, career. He would definitely have gone
3: uh, by, with that result, I think, if he hadn't uh, got the result against Manchester City. Yeah. I think it's fair to say.
4: But the good news is he both... He both knows our game and gets the club.
3: <laughs> it's the DNA. thing you have to
4: remember here. Yeah. So I know results what? currently are bad, but well, he he must actually be good.
3: And like the, uh, like a few couple of weeks ago, he was criticising um, the support at Goodison. I'm like, mate, he, they kept you in a fucking job late last season. They
0: were boos yesterday. Though. Wow, yeah, I mean, booze. well,
3: well deserved.
0: Yeah, get dashy in.
2: Uh, it's a, it's. A, I think Everton more than any club are a victim of how just expensive, the Premier League is. You have Mm. to spend so much money just to sort of stand still, Mm. essentially. And they seem to kind of revamp a lot in an an attempt to kind of compete and and, and fly up the table a little bit and and, and move it. But it's it's just, it's a difficult task when you're a club of that size and of that stature. But you've essentially been left behind a little bit by the huge amounts of of money that other clubs have.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the most surprising thing for me watching the game is that the contrast between the level of performance they put in against Manchester City on Saturday compared to what they did last night, it was like two completely different teams. That lack of consistency just is baffling. And I can understand why the fans are maybe a bit confused and and tactically as well, because against Manchester City, Frank Lampard played a back five, understandably. Against Brighton, he went back to a back four. But in the game against Man City they were so aggressive Everton Mm. they were winning everything they were you know going in for tackles obviously we had that amazing battle between Ben Godfrey and Erling Haaland in the in the match as well where they were giving each other loads of shit throughout the game and then this this performance against Brighton just seems so flat and weak and there was no aggression in it whatsoever and the the defending was was comical particularly Tarkovsky who as you've mentioned already last you know (laughs) He's not a bad defender, no. but I don't know what happened to him he's, in he's this spent game.
4: too much time being a good defender at Burnley for him to suddenly <laughs> become a bad defender.
0: Three goals in six minutes in the second half is yes. what they Some conceded. strange
4: behaviour, though, from the Everton defenders. Uh, him trying to head-tackle uh, Solly Marsh, I guess it was. That, yeah. was. that was not good. He
0: just literally he almost fell on the floor like a salmon Tarkov. I think it was one he of those yeah. he, 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 he it
4: was the sort of last result he's going to shoot here and I'm going to try to blow mm, up a mm-hmm. and Marsh didn't shoot which made it look like he was flopping about like a fish but I just think <laughs> f- f- again for the fourth goal was, that was
0: my favourite there was so much going on there It's <laughs> the how we can spend. Goal. I mean no,
4: that's not the kind of pod we are it's not a match report pod but good lord we can spend like uh, five minutes just going through all the nonsense that happened there it was, it was good value <laughs> well, well good how about value. we do a
0: little bit of it because what I think what amused me the most about it is that Pascal Gross is probably our I know. Player. I know. This is the he thing. Has There's zero Pascal cross on the break. He has zero pace, and as soon as I'd realised it was him, I was like, "Ah, shit! This isn't going in." Even though he's one on one, and then he somehow manages to get some pace from somewhere or made to look quick, and then Pickford comes out and he completely cleans Tarkovsky out, mm-hmm. throws him up yeah. in the air. It was just lovely stuff.
2: We've heard of you know. Defenders being put in their arse but Tarkovsky was put on his face (laughs) face by his
0: own goalkeeper.
2: Pickford does try and
3: play the rest of the team into form doesn't he? He really wants to affect a bit of control there.
0: Is the problem though Frank Lampard and his, you know, (laughs) inability to tactically change games? I've heard some of the Everton fans saying that, you know, mid-matches he struggles to kind of make changes. I, I did think that a little bit with the recalling of Ellis Sims from Sunderland who's been, you know, pretty decent this season Mm -hmm. and he was, you know, warming up from the first half and then didn't come on until like the 83rd minute or something. Seemed like he could have got him on a bit earlier. Um, But a lot of fans are also criticising the board and actually saying that this has been a problem for years with Everton. So is that, is there a deeper issue than it just being Frank Lampard because we've seen some really experienced coaches go in there and not be able to get Everton to the heights they want to be at you look at Carlo Ancelotti one of the most successful managers in football
2: Marco Silva yeah
0: he got them to 8th didn't he He I think he
2: also got them to 8th didn't he Sam Allardyce Mm. so I think yeah there's there's absolutely something to that because they they kind of he's definitely not bitter about being fired by the way when he speaks about
4: Everton he's very magnanimous
2: (laughs) But they, they keep finding themselves back here don't they I, th- I feel like we have this conversation at least once a season about Everton mm. and that does you know point to a, a wider malaise
0: Is this their year to go down then Pete because last year they managed to get themselves out of it but does it feel like this could be their, their time to go
3: I just think they, they must be really satisfied the Everton fans that they're going to have the greatest stadium in the championship next season <laughs> it's just something to be proud of
0: You know what what else is uh, really fun at the moment the race the Europa Conference League next season <laughs> it is yes. potting up guys I Bryson want to see it at the match Braylam,
4: yeah. Brentford yeah. at the match duels Chelsea in <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, on behalf of oh, speaking as someone who is from a smaller country mm. I feel like this term there shouldn't be anyone from England in this like there's the, the mega budgets of the Premier League you've got no place yes. in the, the Europa Conference Could League you, it always looks like the odd one out when you get teams from in the Premier League mm. in there well, I I'd love a European adventure
2: though. I want to see- Lovely. see
0: Brighton's youngest ever Premier League goalscorer Evan Ferguson go and score in the Europa Conference League A fan where, of what
2: his would fan you of like? such a specific wish Zurich
4: <laughs> i Zurich can it's I just say very anywhere. specifically I love about him is that he looks like a man who enjoys a steak <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, you know, he, he has <laughs> yeah. he has
4: a bit of oomph about him. A lot of footballers nowadays look like they eat a lot of kale. Yeah, young Ferguson looks like he, he enjoys a good steak, and I like that about him.
0: Something about being Irish as well. It's nice yeah. to have an Irish striker, isn't sure. it? I, I I think he's. Um, I've heard a lot about him for a while now from people that have worked at the club saying this guy is going to be good, and we've been dying for a striker for ages and. Mm. The fact that he's, you know, made his first Premier League start and scores, came on as a sub in the last game, scored a goal in that one as well. Finally feels like we do have a, we have a striker,
3: guys.
0: This is exciting. I
3: think with Irish footballers and probably to a less extent Scottish footballers, like they do seem to make their debuts for the national side before they've even played Mm. for their club side these days. It's really like, you know, Premier League club side is really interesting.
0: Yeah, right. So we're going to take a break Uh, when we come back. We're going to see what's happening in the race for the rest of the top
1: So for me, it's not it's not the end of my
4: career to come in South Africa. This is why I want to change. And to be honest, I really don't worry about what the people
1: say.
4: <laughs> I mean, well, what you could've listen, it was an honest mistake. If you have started talking about like Nelson Mandela and stuff, that would have been. <laughs> <unfortunate>. <laughs> I'm so, so happy to have arrived in this rainbow nation where they've thrown off this sort of uh, very oppressive regime that used to be here. They used to divide people according to. Uh, Hang on. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to the Football Ramble, guys. It is Jules, Pete, Lars and Jim here with you. Um, Let's chat about the game on Monday night. Um, Liverpool beaten at Brentford by three goals to one. Um, Jurgen Klopp was not happy. He went on one of his little rants, which was nice to see, blamed the officials, saying that Brentford were stretching the rules with their pushing and holding at set pieces. And when he was asked whether uh, he'd spoken to the match officials about the issue, Jürgen Klopp responded and said, yeah, but actually that's exactly the same as I would talk to my microwave. You get no response, really. It's always the same. <laughs> so,
2: which implies that he keeps trying keeps to have a little chat with his microwave. Little... <laughs> Chaos,
1: defrost, what does that even mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I've, I've also found this because,
4: I, 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 as you might know, I'm a stickler for the laws of the game and I like chatting to referees to educate myself and sometimes when you talk to the referee uh, sometimes when I message a friend of mine who's a referee instead of replying he just counts down from two minutes and makes a very loud beeping sound and it's always very confusing (laughs) when that happens
0: very good Um, he does make like to make excuses Jurgen Klopp doesn't he he does Um, that's obviously one of them the midfield issue, do you think, is a growing problem?
2: Yeah, I think he... Firstly, on the excuses thing, I think he <laughs> does that on purpose. I think because that way he absorbs the pressure from that, that his players would otherwise be under.
4: And and I feel like that's, again, us, the collective we in the media, again... We ask him for reasons why they didn't win. He says, "Well, it could be because of this." And they said, "Ah, you're making excuses, aren't you?" Like, we have to like either we don't ask him these questions, or we don't.
2: Like at some point, this is kind strange. of our fault, isn't it? Very I think very he's true. very aware of, of of how to play that game, though, and how certain things can make him sound. Uh, and again, this is he's he's an emotive person, isn't he? And he he responds in the heat of the moment in in post match interviews, but he's mm. you know he's long enough in the tooth uh long enough in the fabulous teeth to um to understand how that works. But yeah, the midfield thing is is it's really noticeable now, isn't it? It's it feels like a mixture of old blokes and TikTok influencers just <laughs> running around. You've got an exceptional defense, an exceptional forward line, but it's the the kind of battles are being lost in the midfield and they they don't have that same aggression and, and control that they used to have like the Ginny Winaldaminusness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the control that's gone from the center of the pitch isn't it?
4: Yeah and and that was always I guess you you um you care for what you wish for because there were a lot of people and, and fans who were like oh no the midfield is very boring it's just you know it's Milner and Henderson and it's just people who run around and there's no creativity yeah. and what I think a lot of people felt but... I think well but, but that was pre tiago my point was, it was right. the point is more like what a lot of people fail to realize that a lot of their creativity comes from fullback. And and the reason you can like send your fullback way the hell up the pitch is because you have a midfield of people who are disciplined and understand yeah. that part of their job is to cover when they're caught way way up there. Now, if you have a less defensively beefy midfield, you you don't get that kind of coverage anymore. And I think like there's no sense, like, singling out Harvey Elliott in the sense that he's not a bad player. He's an exciting young player. Absolutely. I'm glad he's getting minutes. I'm sure he'll have a great career. But if you have a right side with <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's a brilliant footballer, not amazing defensively. You had Mo Salah, who's kind of old, doesn't track back a lot because you don't want him to spend his energy doing that. The right-sided midfielder probably shouldn't be a very young, very attack. You need someone to help out the, mm. the other way there. You're going to get exploited time and time again down that flank.
0: The game against Leicester the, um that Liverpool won that midfield three of Thiago Henderson and Elliot is the first time those three had actually started right. in midfield mm. together so we're seeing lots of different combinations as well and, and it, it just doesn't feel like the right balance so, a lot of
2: make do isn't it
0: yeah it seems to be that way at the moment so who who do you think they'll well, get someone in this window is that what
4: they need <laughs> well, well this is the thing that's slightly odd like I, I don't mind the signing of Cody Gapko in isolation but if they sign him and don't add to the midfield then that seems like a strange priority it makes total sense that they were linked with Conrad Leimer ahead of the season because he's this sort of uh, uh, mid mid twenties uh, Austrian player who d- covers an incredible amount of ground for uh, uh, for Red Bull uh, Leipzig and presses and runs around and seems to be exactly the kind of thing they need. Uh, I've seen reports that he's apparently heading off to Bayern, so that might not be possible to revive that. You can see why they would be interested in Enzo Fernandez. Uh, There's just someone who can cover a lot of ground for them. Jude uh, Bellingham. Yeah, if he, slightly different player, you don't. He's much more. I mean, he's better. I th- he can, Okay, he can do just about everything. <laughs> but he's probably better when you allow him to go forward quite a bit.
3: Hmm. What are about the, I mean, um, Alex oxlade chairman's kid? He just got <laughs> a penalty on the.
4: Just, yeah, media. D- yeah, don't get me Axel. wrong. If they have any chance of signing Jude Bellingham, they should sign Jude Bellingham. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, that, I'm not sure that's the solution to that particular problem. Well, they're
2: in a different weird situation as well, not a difficult situation, because they are either looking for investment the Owners are looking to sell, so that puts them in a, in a little bit of a limbo, doesn't it? So, you know, they got Cody Gakpo for a really good price, but we don't know how much they're looking to, to outlay because mm. that situation is kind of delicate and a bit of a TBC, isn't it? And I mean, if they can get Jude Bellingham, obviously that'd be brilliant, he's been, been linked with them for a long time. But if they do mm. finish outside the Champions League spots, which is looks eminently possible this season, yeah, yeah. how does that affect that? Yeah. yeah,
0: I think that's the that's the that's the, um, the real question now is that where are they going to finish this season? Because that battle for the top four is it's looking really interesting. I don't think even a month or two ago, people would have expected that Manchester United would be in there on 35 points, nine points off Arsenal yeah. at the top. They beat Bournemouth 3-0 last night and looked really, really good again. Yes, albeit against a poor Bournemouth side at the moment. But still, they've not conceded a single goal, Manchester United, since the World Cup. Rashford scored in four consecutive games. Casemiro chipping in with the goals. His goal last night was amazing, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Mm. um, Tottenham have dropped out of the top four. We'll come on to them in a minute. But Liverpool in sixth place on 28 points. And the teams that are around Liverpool, just below them, Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, they're all in really good form at the moment. And Chelsea are in 10th place. So this race for European places, I think, is is going to be fascinating. And if Liverpool finish outside of the top four, the damage that could potentially do to the players they sign, when clearly we've just pointed out that they obviously really need, do need some midfield um, investment.
4: Yeah, I, I still think people will say uh, a, a sort of... I think, just still think joining Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp and then you sort of are going to put together a new team and make it work. I think that's going to be super yeah. attractive still. Yeah,
2: that's, a, that's an easy sell but, for, but, the, for
4: the right player. But again, if you're Jude Bellingham and you're picking between Liverpool and Real Madrid, mm. if Liverpool have a bad year and they're not in the Champions League, that might edge you a little bit closer Ooh. to the the other the thing.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tottenham tonight, so they face Crystal Palace uh, at Selhurst Park. Not an easy place to go, especially um, when Palace are coming into this game off the back of a really good win. that, look, Spurs are in a, in a weird They're place bad. at the moment. Tottenham aren't are they? bad.
4: Come <laughs> on, then,
0: Lars. Go, have, have, uh, have your very say. bad
4: at football. Uh, no, it, it's just <laughs> I think it's crept up on. For, I mean, they could have come, for a while. They could hide behind the fact that the league table position was still good, uh, the fact they got out of the Champions League group, and it's the, again. I'm old enough to remember when Tottenham were like finishing ninth every year and like had to loan Andy Booth from Sheffield Wednesday and like had weirdos like Gregor Raziak running around and it was all <laughs> strange. Like I'm, I'm, you know, Tottenham fans should never completely kick off over being fifth in the league. I think you got to have a little bit of perspective, but but I think what's worth just—it's been a long time since they played a good game of football now. I've got the fixture the results list in front of me. I'm not going to read them all out because mm-hmm. we don't have that kind of time. But but I would make a case that you have to go probably back to the 6-2 winning as Leicester to find the last time Tottenham played a fully convincing game. 2-0 win again against uh, home against Everton they were good, but that was against Everton, so I'm not sure it counts. Uh, all <laughs> the other games, even the, some of the wins like away to Marseille they were really lucky when they turned it around against Bournemouth also kind of fortunate uh, and the, Leeds, the, the game Leeds game was fun. Yeah. I was at that. It was a lot of fun. But again, you shouldn't be that chaotic and difficult to against. Three the, goals, again, you? Yeah. You, you can't really you concede 3 goals at home against Leeds. Yay, that was great. But yeah. like, I mean, it's it's not been good. And conceding first in now 10 games in a row. And this is like Conte has had him own as as he does. But, but, oh but I, no, <laughs> this duck is quacking. It's very surprising to hear him. I did not expect yeah, that when yeah, yeah. we signed him. But it, yeah, it's, it's but it's also one of those, I think this is on him a little bit because there seems to be a very conscious plan of we're going to take it slow in the first half. We're not going to take a lot of risks. Yeah. Nothing stupid in the first half. And then we'll sort of crank up the tempo in the second half. I just don't think this is a defence that, that has a not-nothing-stupid half in them. Like, something <laughs> stupid will inevitably happen. What's
3: happening to Dyer? Like He just seems to confused.
4: Nominative determinism <laughs> kind <laughs> Coming home to Ruth. No, but yeah, it's just, if you keep conceding goals, mm. then don't have a game plan that relies on not conceding goals. But like, it's kind of, maybe but it's try of... to attack a bit. I don't know. They seem to have some guys up front who are okay. What, what
2: also can't help is that, you know, Conte repeatedly talks in the press about how, you know, th- things aren't up to the standards that he wants and mm. essentially says... That the players aren't quite good enough, and that the job's massive, and that everyone should be grateful. And there's there's a sense that he kind of maybe regrets taking over, and he he, Mm. he keeps sort of making eyes elsewhere, just sort of like in in hypothetical terms. And you you need to your squad needs to be united, right? And if your manager does doesn't clearly. doesn't seem committed to even being there at all and that's not going to help being
0: constantly that's, told that's, your must shit Must be yeah. infuriating <laughs> you're not going to want to go in and try and be good And I the problem
2: you're get any sense of momentum where he's yeah. like oh, I'm not sure I can be bothered with this And the problem then becomes when he goes to
4: the sporting director at Pratiti or goes to Levy and says I want us to sign this and that player and they're well, yeah well you know should we listen to you when it comes to <laughs> signing players? Or are you going to be here in a couple of months? Yeah. Uh, so that becomes a bit weird. Poch said all that. He,
3: well, said he, he said he needed a rebuild, and yeah. so you
4: fired him. <laughs> what I'd like to say, I did think Conte made some sensible points after the Villa game when he pointed out that last spring when they had that really good run, they were only in one tournament, they didn't have these extra games in Europe and the Cups and stuff, and also they had no injuries, and that was very helpful. And it's clear that they don't have an awful lot of depth, but I also think... There's a there's part. A lot of the squad players aren't thriving on the content, but that's partially because he hasn't rotated much, and he doesn't seem to believe in them at yeah. all. And uh, I mean, Jules, you've seen you Basuma play football. He used yeah. to be quite good at that. Doesn't yeah. seem to be very good at it right now.
0: Yeah, I know. He he does have that in him a bit, though. I think Yves Basuma. I've always thought he's a, he's a brilliant footballer, but he's he's he strikes me sometimes as one of those that he's almost got to be in like the mood. He's he's mm. he's got to have like he's got to be on his day to be amazing and this
2: environment can't be good for that mm, right. on, yeah on um, Matt Doherty remember or M- Matt Doherty sorry in October Yeah, yeah uh, he, he, wasn't, <laughs> pla- he wasn't playing him he was questioned on it I and he said know. I am not stupid I don't want to lose <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I think that was meant
4: more as a he's not in great shape so I'm not going to just throw him in but it didn't come out very well <laughs> no. second language it's, it's uh, you know
0: I do enjoy Conte's honesty but that's because I'm not yeah. a Tottenham fan yeah
4: yeah
3: I mean if he was honest you'd say it I mean my keep is shit. I, 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 one of
4: them? <laughs> I don't mind the honesty part. I do mind the sort of I'm too good to be here vibe yeah. when you're yeah, also yeah, being, yeah. You're being not pay, demonstrating. You're, it, you you're being paid yeah. fifteen million to make this team better. You're currently not doing that very exactly. well. And that's not the time to have the sort of thing, this is all a bit beneath me is vibe. It, yeah. If, the
0: yeah. the enjoyable thing about the honesty point I made is that um he made a, a comment. Um he said, I understand fans want to win trophies but to go to this step you need to create a base and I can't tell you a different thing otherwise I'd need to tell good lies and I don't want to tell good lies
3: wow wow it sounds like an R&B song <laughs> I don't want to tell good lies <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell bad lies <laughs> it's,
2: it's a genre of R&B our, song isn't it man who's been caught cheating <laughs>
4: yeah. if we have a talented listener who's good with this sort of things yes. please turn Antonio Conte quotes into R&B songs <laughs> <laughs> and send them in to the Email address.
0: Um, well, that's one of the games tonight, Spurs at Crystal Palace. We'll see what happens in that. Also this evening, uh, a good old-fashioned relegation six-pointer potentially between mm. Leeds and West Ham and also Southampton against Nottingham Forest. Um, but let's chat David Moyes because, prior, as I mentioned earlier, prior to Everton losing last night, he was the favourite manager to be sacked. They've lost five Premier League matches in a row. It's the first time West Ham have lost... Five consecutive games since Slaven Bilic um, a good old while ago now. So what's going to happen here with Moisey? Bless him. I yes. wouldn't give him any
3: more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, spent he spent a lot of money. It's something like top they? three in Europe last year. Uh, really. Something like that. It was, yeah, top, top it was, three I think in you're Europe. Right. Absolutely wild amounts of money.
0: They're not scoring goals, and they brought Skamaka in. Um, hasn't really worked out. Antonio hasn't been fully fit this season. Ben Rama scored their last two goals, mm. and one of them was a penalty. So
3: Yeah. Every time they got the ball off Arsenal a couple of matches ago, they just they just didn't know what to do with it. Their passing game was absolutely dreadful, mm. and you've got you've got some really talented players in there. So maybe there maybe there is time for a refresh. They've they've got a, an okay squad. Same with Everton; they've got an okay squad, but their managers just aren't doing it. Um,
4: yeah, very strange down there. But I mean, their success under Moyes has been very much built on a kind of quite defensive like they sit back quite a lot and then they hit people Mm. on counters and set pieces and I always thought adding Paqueta and Skamaka, so that was kind of weird. Yeah, because again, yeah. Skamaka's really been fun. playing for Sassuolo, who's quite attack-minded, get the ball into the box a lot. Whereas now he's he's fought, he's, he's he's been alerted. He's in the same sort of situation as Sebastian Allaire in that he's a perfectly decent player who just looks very lonely up front for Westland. Like, where are my people? i have got no <laughs> help. Big lad, though, isn't he? We like that here. Yeah, <laughs> big lad. You know, <laughs> you, like you know our <laughs> league. You know, yeah, yeah, ours, yeah, you know yeah. that we like the big lad. <laughs> I've got, got, got the DNA in me. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> what a phrase! <laughs> it's,
0: it's it's where the leads can uh, can I mean score all the goals that they supposedly have been and conceding lots of goals this season as well. And um, in 2022, Leeds became the first side to play a full year in the top flight. And concede at least two goals per game on average. Yeah. That's
2: amazing. Seems bad. It does. I do like how Jesse Marsh keeps signing players from Salzburg yes. as well. It's like he's got the most limited contact book you can imagine. I think that's why. Hey, ad- used agents... to work
0: with Erling Haaland, though.
2: Well, yeah, there you go. But agents are thriving now, I think, precisely because pretty much every manager you can point out is a big weirdo. Like, a, just an <laughs> right, okay, absolute yeah, liability yeah, yeah, yeah. in any sort of discussion. <laughs> well, that's, like, that's how you... Keep them away from... The, they're too intense. Well, that's These how you These men are go... too odd. George <laughs> Mendes, you've got to You're a nightmare as well, <laughs> but I'd rather talk to you yeah. than let our manager anywhere near this player. Well,
3: that's that's why sort of Man City sold the players to Art. Like, you, you've... Done quite well out of being not a contender last yeah, season. they've got a policy on not doing that anymore. Right, specifically okay. to Arsenal. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly because Arsenal are good now. So it's it's, it's it, yeah, it's weird.
0: <laughs> mm, it is a strange one. Um, also tonight, just to wrap up all the other fixtures, uh, Aston Villa take on Wolves. Should be another good game. Um, right before we go, just a quick one. Um, Pele's funeral has uh, started this week. It um all began on Monday and uh, went into yesterday as well. And Gianni Infantino has, of course, mm. popped up with some more classic Infantino quotes. He said that FIFA are going to honour Pele by asking every country, every single country in the entire world, uh, to name a stadium after him.
4: Definitely not totalitarian and weird. From uh, I mean, <laughs> like a mad. Child, the American isn't Express yeah.
0: Pele Stadium. It's got a good <laughs> ring to it, right?
4: I'm not against it. It's Better <laughs> than
3: American Express, I suppose, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, unless I'm sponsoring the shop, um, yeah, he's a bit of shit fucking decisions and he just like sprinkles them on he just inserts himself into every
4: bit of narrative I I was just relieved that he didn't bring Salt Bay to the funeral that could have been very
3: strange we don't
2: know that he wasn't there
3: (laughs) don't touch it (laughs) stop touching it (laughs) you're not allowed to touch it
4: (laughs) I have to close that casket now (laughs) So big. Did you just sprinkle
3: something <laughs> you, in there? Did, keep, did really, you just salt Kelly? Really it will preserve him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was, this, was, there, was this before or after the selfie?
3: <laughs> he did a selfie, didn't he? Yeah. With an open casket. I Got mean, <laughs> and astonishing, Fucking astonishing. Hell. He
2: claims that the Brazil players wanted it with him.
3: I mean there's a lot of, there was a lot of that around the World Cup you know seeing the Salt Bear and seeing him around uh, on the pitch and stuff there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of that going on oh, they, they wanted me to do that you wanted yeah, to do sure. it Gianni you wanted to do it
2: Yeah, I, I started doing it and they just went along with it so they must have <laughs> wanted me to do it
3: in your funny shoes Remember, he's got those funny shoes with his World Cup off Gianni written on him or something. I see a lot he's got of sort of a personalised, like personalised adidas. Personalised shoes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he fucking he's does. A, he's a dickhead, isn't he? <laughs> he's a proper dickhead. In and Blatt, he's, right? yeah. Well, I think he's actually worse than Blatter already. Oh, he's much worse. He's much worse because he's, he's, f- he's an efficient uh, dickhead. Yeah. Whereas he's quite Blatter was kind of a cartoonish
4: he? gnome and yeah. problematic <laughs> in a number of ways. But I, I think he's more actively bad for football, 100%. Mm. Mm.
0: Right. Should we end right, there? Let's Have get it? out of there. <laughs> That's we for today. Um, don't forget, On the Continent is back. Yay! Uh, Don and Andy are joined by Nikki Bandini after the midweek Serie A games tonight. Uh, that includes a juicy clash between league leaders Napoli and Inter, so stick around for that. Um, thanks for your company, guys. It was a... Uh, Delightful today, <laughs> salty stuff. Uh, thanks for listening to the Perfectly football ramble, <laughs> part of the Acast
3: Creator Network. Bye-bye. That will make the edit <laughs>
4: We're going to have to redo some stuff, aren't we?
3: The football ramble is a
4: Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.